Hi everybody, this is Matt Kirby, and welcome to a brand new episode of Groupie and Harmony, a podcast all about music. Uh, first off, apologies for the delay. I know it's been a, like two and a half weeks since the last episode. Um, this one was actually out of my control. Computer broke, stopped charging, and since wasn't covered by the warranty anymore, and there was already a crack in it, I didn't really think it was like a crack in that the charger area was starting to crack. I didn't think it was worthwhile to get everything replaced since the warranty had already expired and it couple years or like over a year ago um so yeah i got this new computer in the last couple days and i was able to record today so decided to do that and also apologies if it sounds kind of weird compared to usual with the way i'm recording it i got a new set of headphones recently this is the first episode using these ones so sorry if it sounds a little bit different than you're used to but i've been pleased with these headphones so far so um there are a few things that i want to talk about today um first off bonnaroo is doing uh presenting virtual ruality so it's so today's i'm recording this thursday during they it's thursday friday saturday i'm actually recording it while Je they're finishing up jack white's set at the recording today they also I Thursday you probably won't be able to hear these by the time you're listening to these, but they also have brief uh Camp Dental Curry, uh Chromeo, full Beastie Boys set, and then Robridge and Subtronics. They also have a bunch of others over the next couple days. Um let me pull I meant to pull those up here. Um let's see, who do they have? So it's Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Um the Thursday or Friday set We'll have sets from, a full sets from Tears for Fears. I mean, not full sets, but they have sets from Tears for Fears, The XX, Metallica, um, Nathaniel Ratliff, and The Night Sweats, and Dave Matthews. Um, and then they also have shorter things from a bunch of others. And then Saturday, there's uh, Jason Isbell in the 400 unit, um, Run the Jewels, James Brown. The white stripes and my morning jacket and then there's uh others throughout uh so um i'd recommend looking into that if you're interested in any of that um now today so i wanted to do a what i wanted to do really was just pound through the rest of the rising artists um, there's a lot of them. I have four genres remaining. I have rock and alternative. Um, I have indie, indie pop, pop rock. I just kind of grouped them all into one category. Electro pop all in there. R&B and electronic music. Um, so there's a bunch there. And I was originally planning on just doing that. But I figured that uh, given, uh, given the verdict uh, in the Brianna Taylor case, I decided I did want to do one protest song. Um, before I get into any of that, though, I'll just do the shameless plug. Um, I have a Facebook page. It's called Groupie and Harmony. Make sure you give that a like be uh, because I post whenever I have an update about the podcast and whenever I release a new episode. So make sure you give that a like so in that way everything's all nice and convenient in one place. Um, and then I before I get into anything else also, I know I've mentioned 
a bunch. Um, be on the lookout because I'm considering doing like a couple like log writing things. Um, thinking one for music. Uh, I know in particular, um, I have. I do want to because there's a bunch of things that I've wanted to do on the podcast, but either there's but either it just doesn't really lend itself to talking about on the podcast or it'd be better in writing form. So I've held off on doing those ones and I figured that I could do some of these topics in that kind of setting. Um, and then I am also less applicable for music, but I'm also thinking about after the NBA season ends, thinking about doing one, a different one for, uh, about basketball. Um, so I'll still probably do a shameless plug with that. I will probably be coming up soon. I've done some research and some thinking about that. Um, and then also I keep mentioning it, save our stages. Um, basically it's, uh, going to be on Congress, uh, hopefully going to be heard on Congress floor. Um, it's really to help bail out smaller music venues and because these, uh, these venues, they're going to get, they're getting crushed by COVID. And then also that's not only is that where a lot of artists will, can get their starts, but also that's, there's a lot of opportunities for jobs and careers to get started in there. And I mean, I've been to several venues, smaller venues that, and I, I love going to smaller venues for shows. I've always had a great time with them and it's really sad to see any of them close. So I'd recommend looking into that writing, uh, writing to your Congress person. I'm going to, I haven't finished it yet after since with the whole fiasco with my computer breaking. Um, but I had started a letter. I'm going to finish that up and then that will more than likely be my first, uh, my first post for when I do start the blog. And then I'll also read that in a, episode after I'm done with it. Um, also, um, record store day is coming up. There's another iteration of it that's coming up this Saturday. So make sure you look into if there's any record stores in the area for you that are participating in it. Um, also on, uh, um, I can't remember, oh geez, I can't remember when, uh, it is, but, um, but, um, there's another Bandcamp Friday. I know I kept mentioning them, um, coming up. It's either on October 2nd or on October 9th. I can't remember when it is. Um, hold on. I'm trying to find it. I had remembered it earlier. Um, then I just totally forgot the date of it. Okay, let's see. Here we are. It's October 2nd. Okay, I was thinking it was the first Sunday, but for some reason I remember the 9th. Yeah, so with that one, um, the for the remainder of the year, um, 100% of uh, sales that day um, will go to the fans and the record label, or the artists, rather, and the record labels. No, you don't get money for buying something. That would be nice. Um, but yeah, so definitely look into, look into doing that. I've been, I've been buying stuff each Friday and I'm really excited to be able to do that. Um, and also, um, actually I'll talk about more about what I'm going to do in the future afterwards. So 
yeah, so I did want to, as I mentioned, I did want to do a protest song after the verdict of Breonna Taylor. And look, I, I don't, I mean, the only people who know what truly happened were the people that were there that were awake and saw what was going on. But look, I mean, ultimately I'm, I, I'm pretty frustrated with the whole situation. Um, I mean, the only charges that were ultimately, uh, the only charges that ended up happening or ended up, I don't remember the exact terminology that they use. Um, this would be a good time for her to have asked my sister, who's the more, much more of a legal expert than I am, considering she's in law school. Um, but basically the only charges that one officer was even found guilty for was uh, related to putting the white family next door in danger rather than a, uh, anything with uh, rather than anything with the fact that they murdered someone who was asleep that wasn't that wasn't guilty and with with all this they I know there's a lot of people that are instantly like well yeah but well yeah but her boyfriend but it wasn't her boyfriend that was killed and i know there are people who some people who are like well still she shouldn't have been associating with him well still those associating with that kind of thing is they can't look they came in with a war uh with a warrant for someone that didn't live in the house okay that whole thing just angers me and frankly I know people get there are enough people there are a lot of people that get so angry when they hear this, but black lives do matter. Because frankly I frankly the color of the color of your skin doesn't mean that you're that we can't that we have to say that we don't care about your life. And frankly, continuously throughout not only throughout US history, but currently we have been continuing to do that. That saying that someone's life matters just because their skin isn't something that should be controversial, isn't something that should be, that isn't a hate group, isn't that, it's truly, it's just, I just don't get how hard it is for people. But I will say, now we know that uh, murder is legal in Louisville, especially if uh, you happen to be a white officer and uh, the person murdered is an innocent black woman who's sleeping. Now, the song that I chose today for the protest series, um, so actually before we get into that, um, so just a little explanation with what this is. Um, it's a recurring segment I've been doing. Um, I initially instituted it, um, with, uh, when the, when uh, a lot of protests, uh, had started up in particular, um, heavily influenced by many people that died it uh biggest name was george floyd but then also Breonna taylor several other names um and several other uh individuals of color so i wanted to do something um regarding that and i thought that ultimately after thinking through a few things i thought that the best thing to do would be to implement this series now i look at different songs that are related to protests related to race issues 
written by individuals of color and perform or performed by individuals of color, often both. And there are times where if it's a band, the band will have will have members of color in there. And by this segment, I'm not trying to trivial trivialize what it's like to be a person of color in the country. I'm not trying to claim that I know what that's like because I I can never know. Um, and I'm not trying to I'm not trying to say I'm not trying to take credit for any of this. All I'm doing is I'm looking at the so uh, the songs I've chosen. In particular, I'm a lot of times I'm looking at specific lines in songs that I find really interesting and fascinating. And I'm just discussing them because in my opinion, knowledge is a powerful thing. And there are songs that I've done various songs like throughout different points, uh, discussed various songs throughout different points in history. Um, I've done a bunch that were more recent uh, recently, but that will not be the case today. So today I'm going to be discussing, I thought that the best song to go with today was is a song that's also often referred to as the Black National Anthem. It's called Lift Every Voice and Sing. So it's a poem by James Weldon Johnson, um, who was a writer and a civil rights activist. Um, he, uh, he, was, uh, he also ended up uh, being a leader for the NAACP. Um, and then uh, it ended up being set to music by his brother, J. Rose, uh, J. Rosemond Johnson. Um, so it was, uh, written in 1900. The music was written in 1905. It was pub first publicly performed, um, to celebrate, uh, Abraham Lincoln's birthday. And then in 1919, it was dubbed by the NAACP as the Negro National Anthem. So, uh, their, their, uh, their quote with that. Um, and because it had, uh, in particular in honor of its power for invoicing, um, cry for both, uh, for liberation of African Americans. So, and I think this one also is kind of cool because before this year, before every NF, it's especially been like pop, uh, big in recent years too. Like, uh, Um, the, um, like, Beyonce performed it at Coachella, um, Google, uh, played a spoken word version of it on June, on Juneteenth, which was performed by LeVar Burton, um, and then, um, actually, NFL this year is, uh, performing, is gonna, has the song played or performed before the National Anthem, or they did that for a week one, which I thought was really cool that they did that. So without further ado, it isn't a particularly long song. Um, so I'm just going to go, it's three verses. So I'm going to go through the whole thing. Um, first verse goes, lift every voice and sing till earth and heaven ring, ring with harmonies of liberty. Let our rejoicing, let our rejoicing rise 
high as the list, listening skies, let it resound loud as the rolling sea. Sing a song full of faith that the dark past has taught us. Sing a song full of the hope that the present has brought us. Facing the rising sun of our new day begun, let us march on till victory is won. Um, so I think some that I find that are really interesting is uh, the line, um, let it let it resound as the rolling seed, um, because I think that's a, I know it's not like the only song that is used or poem that is used that comparison to the sea, but I always think that's a really cool one because of how loud the sea is and the ocean is with the waves. Um, and the line right after that, um, sing, sing a song of faith that dark past has taught us, sing a song of the hope that the present has brought us. Um, so I think that that one's really interesting because, uh, with the dark past, cause like thinking about many, many years, centuries of, uh, history, um, in particular, um, of slavery, um, segregation, um, and then still thinking about how, about how far along we've, uh, how far along that things have come with the line, the hope that, uh, present brought us. I think that's really interesting seeing the still being able to think of the hopefulness which I think has got to be so difficult, honestly. Um, I mean, especially when you have cases like uh, with the result of the Breonna Taylor case, which sadly I was not surprised by considering the fact that uh, beforehand um, they were getting, like Louisville was getting ready for a big response. Um, and then also with the last line in this verse, uh, let us march on till victory is won. Um, I think it's also kind of cool because uh, the music is is set or is kind of similar to a march, but at the same time, often it's a slower march, so it's kind of more like a slow, steady plotting kind of thing. Um, rather like more powerful, slower march, which also I think probably can be rep uh can be representative to uh the 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 strength that it must have that was needed to is needed to f uh fight slavery segregation i think that's a really interesting comparison um so for the second verse stony the road we trod bitter the chastening rod fell in the days when hope on board has di had died yet with a steady beat have not our weary feet come to the place for which our fathers sighed we have come over a way that with tears has been watered we have come treading our path through the blood have up uh, through the blood have uh, through through the blood of the slaughtered out of the gloomy past till now we stand at last where the white gleam of our bright star has ca is cast. Um, so I think kind of similarly to what I mentioned before with the stony, the road we trod, um, kind of thing. It's like 
he's recognizing that it's not easy. It, I wouldn't know this, but I can't even begin to imagine how difficult it is, especially throughout history, especially with slavery. That's, but still, the fact, the idea of continuing to trudge forward, trod forward, I, that kind of preservation, it's absolutely incredible. Um, and then also kind of similar to what uh mentioning earlier with the, the with the march, the trod, um, yet with a steady beat. I think that's kind of cool to the um. To the same uh, kind of thing. Um, and then still also saying right afterwards. Have not our weary feet. Come to the place. For which our father cited. Um, and to me it's. Kind of like still. Kept fighting through. And then imagining the day. Uh, the the end of the end of slavery and then also even still because this was in written in 19 in 1900 so it while it still uh while slavery had officially ended there was still jim crow laws prevalent at that time um so it's still trying to trod path trod through that fight through that um And then another line that I think is really interesting. Uh, we have come treading treading our path through the blood of the slaughtered. The line that I kept screwing up earlier. Um, that one I think is interesting because it's a... Uh, especially the part treading our path through the blood th uh, through the blood of the slaughtered. Because um, that's really an homage to, the, to so many people who were killed as slaves... Um, or died of slaves, rather, or were killed that didn't make it to America, or were killed trying to escape from slavery, and still, the descendants of those who, uh, who had to suffer through this, are still, um, can, are still able to keep marching. I, th I love that line. I think it's so cool. Um, and then the third verse. God of our weary years. God of our silent tears. Thou hast brought us thus far on the way. Thou who hast by thy might. Led us into that, the light. Keep us forever in the path we pray. Lest our feet stray from the places. Our God. Where we meet thee. Lest our hearts drunk with the wine. Of the world we forget thee. Shattered beneath thy hand, may we forever stand, true to our God, true to our native land. Um, I think it's, I think this one, this verse, I, I, I mean, I love the whole poem and song, but I love this, I think this verse is really cool. Um, because I think also there's a, there are times where like he, it, uh, keeps discussing about how for instance like it is kind of uh pointing out the improvement still that had come by that point like about how for instance slavery had officially ended even though still by no means was 
was even though still it was 1900 still um so well yeah legally it had ended but let's face it jim crow law still existed there was a separate regal indentured servitor um so a lot but still it is but still it is they do say that still they've gotten through what could be considered worse and um one that I do kind of think is interesting is the last line. Um, our shadow beneath thy hand, may we forever stand true to our God, true to our native land. I think that one's kind of cool because it says true to our native land, but even still, it is left, it is kind of left ambiguous. Um, like, I mean, because even still, I mean, yeah, like the while they while they're um like many slaves were taken from Africa over, so there's the argument that it was Africa. But then there are many people that grew up in America. So I think that is kind of interesting, especially considering that like slaves were also mentioning they were from Africa. They didn't like we had slaves, they didn't come to America by choice. They were uprooted and uh, forced over. So I do think that line is interesting to end like that with that one. But I I love that poem. I think it's absolutely amazing. I'm really glad that um, in particular with the N week one or the NFL season, they did that every before every game. I wish they would keep doing it. Um, but yeah, I, I love that one. So, let's go into the... We'll go into the Best Rising Artist series now. Um, so, I don't know how many I'm going to get through yet. I'm going to try to do rapid fire and just get through all of them just to get, over, get through it and get over these. So, basically, the way this series works is... Uh, a while back, I thought, hey, why don't I just come up with a few artists who I think are on the rise. What ultimately, what the result of it was an eight-page document. So I broke them up into a, two, a few different categories. I had like the more established ones, and then I had the ones that aren't as established. Basically, with the rising artists, I wasn't worried about artists like, for instance, say, the, say like Billie Eilish, who won like, who won, so many Grammys last year, but was still eligible. Or like Lizzo, who's also nominated for a bunch, or th or like those kind of, uh, kind of artists who are like newer, but um, but then uh, excuse me, I wasn't as worried about artists that were newer but had a lot of success. I was worried about ones that, in particular, ones that hadn't had an album that hit top ten yet, and hadn't had a single that hit top forty yet. Top 40. Um, I think I accidentally said four instead there. Um, so, yeah, so the ones I mentioned earlier, the ones I have remaining are Rock and Alternative, uh, Indie, Indie Pop, uh, Electro Pop, Bedroom Pop. I kind of grouped those all together. Um, R&B and Electronic. So, with this one, just a couple caveats before this. I didn't group these based on how I liked them. Or 
how I'd group them. I'd probably be a little bit biased towards certain artists or certain genres if I did. I did this as a collection of genres. Um, also, I started this before everything was canceled with COVID. So when I was doing this, I was also accounting for our artists being able to play at festivals and artists being able to go on tour. Because um, a lot of these artists were going to be booked for festivals. And also, I'm looking at their success on the in the U.S. So some artists have been incredibly successful in other countries. No, in particular, some that I'm mentioning have been really successful in Europe or Oceania. Um, I'm, but they haven't had as much success in the U.S., they made the list here. Um, and then also, some artists have been really successful with touring. I didn't account for their touring success here. I'm accounting for commercial success. Um, so I know, of course, I'm also with that, I'm also going under the assumption that each of these artists are trying, are trying to be incredibly successful commercially in the U.S. Probably a misguiding assumption. But without knowing each artist's true motives, it's tough to know what everyone's motive is. So with this, I'm going to discuss each of these artists and then say how I think they'll, where I think they'll, uh, how I think they'll career will, their career could go. So without further ado, um, since I don't know how many I'm going to get to today, I'll start with the electronic ones since that one's a little bit longer. Um, first one is... An artist that I put on here in the in this one, then she released her debut album and it ended up being really successful. Uh, Chelsea Cutler. Um, so her first album hit number 23 in the U.S. Um, and then she also, well, she didn't have any singles that uh, were, uh, that hit the Billboard Top 100. She did have one single that hit 32 of the pop charts. And um, so she's like a blend of pop and electronic music. And fun fact, she's uh, she's actually from Connecticut, uh, which state I'm from too. Different from a different part of Connecticut, though. Probably like 45 minutes to an hour away from where I am. Um, yeah, I think she's off to a good start here. Um, I and she did have a single that also ended up being certified as gold. She uh, was featured on a few dance singles as well. Um, yeah, I could see, um, her at least in the short term having success. She was originally slated to perform at Coachella, which would have really helped her out. Um, but yeah, if she has, I think that really, if she is able to tour and, uh, perform at festivals, once things get started again, then I think she'll be in decent shape. If she could have been able to piggyback off her initial success, that would have been the best thing for her though. Um, so I could see, I mean, a ceiling for her, frankly, is that she ends up being really successful. The floor is, I think for her to continue having maintained success, I think either she'd have to gain a following with touring or she'd have to have a, at least one song that ends up having success on the Billboard charts, or the top 100. Next up is uh, What's So Not, a electronic artist kind of a bass hip hop kind of electronic. So first album hit number eight on the dance charts. Um, and I will say with all these electronic artists, they, all of them would have benefited, uh, from, um, having, or from being able to tour and, uh, do festivals. 
in fact, actually, Ultra Music Festival is really the first notable U.S. one that was canceled because in Miami in late March, when suddenly everything started getting canceled for COVID. Um, yeah, I could see him being successful. Um, I think that style of music, it tends to work out fairly well in his favor. Um, so, yeah, I could see him getting a following. Um, it's tough with elect electronic artists are really tough to predict just how well they'll uh they'll wind up doing um next up is Madama. um so um he's a norwegian uh edm dj um he does utilize a bunch of different genres in his music um He's released two albums. His second album charted at 17 on the U.S. dance charts. Um, he's had more success in Europe, in particular Norway, um, which makes sense. Um, electronic music in Europe, it tends to, the electronic scene is, tends to be bigger in Europe. Um, he's had a bunch of singles that did chart on the U.S. dance charts. Um, he hasn't had as much success recently, and it's kind of the same way in Europe, actually. Um, like, I you know, in 2020, he hasn't had any singles that chart on the dance charts. Um, I wouldn't be necessarily be too worried though, mainly because he couldn't really tour or perform at festivals. I think he'll, I mean, all he needs is just another single to just hit on the dance charts. Um, DJ Koza, um, so techno house DJ. Um, third album hit 18 on the Heat Seeker charts. Second album hit 42 in the Heat Seeker charts. He's starting to get a bigger following, um, so I could, I could see him uh, rising, rising on the Heat charts. Um, he hasn't really had a lot of singles that have fared insanely well, but still, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be too worried for him. Um, he he has a following. And I think in particular, um, and I think he's one of the DJs that like people do would want to see DJ set. So, um, next up is Sophie. So, um, her first actual studio album hit 21 in the heat seeker charts. She also had a, um, I don't remember whether it was a, I think it was a compilation album. That was it. Um, that also fared, uh, well, the dance charts. Um, so it's interesting because, uh, she, um, because she's a transgender woman, um, and, but at first, early on, because she was really anonymous about her identity, there were a lot of people that were starting to speculate, and uh, there was so there was a lot of hype about her because for years, just because of people not being sure of who she was, and some people thinking that it was a man pretending to be a woman, which caused some backlash. Um, eventually, her identity was revealed. Um, Yeah, she's uh, more of a, she's a blend of, a, um, of like, kind of like experimental pop and electronic. Um, I don't know what her ceiling would be as a performer, but she's produced for a lot of bigger name musicians also. So I think that her ceiling as a producer is even higher. Um. 
I would need to see one how her next album would do, honestly. Um, next one is Rez. So, um, Canadian DJ, um, she does EDM music. Um, her first album hit 14 on the Heat Seeker charts. Second album hit eight on the Heat Seeker charts. She's gotten, she's getting a decent following too. Um, I, I, I think she could be a bigger name in, in electronic music, honestly. Um, I, I think she has ultimately the, the ability, the talent, and um, has just made it done well with it so far. Um, next up is Fisher. So Tech House DJ um, has two singles that hit number one on the dance charts. Um, he released an EP that didn't chart. Um, other than those two singles, hasn't had any singles that charted. So I'm... And some of his recent singles haven't had as much success, so I'm a little bit hesitant about that. But still, I mean, when you have two singles that hit number one, then you're in fairly good shape. Um, next up is Peggy Go. Um, she had an album that uh, um DJ Mix album that hit number nine on the electronic charts, which I think is kind of cool. A lot of times you don't necessarily see the DJ Mix albums chart as high. Um, so right there, I mean. Again, another case of a talented DJ. I think she'll be. I think she'll be good. Um, I think she'll have. She'll have success. Um, and continued success, um, especially in regards to DJing. Um, next up, Lost Kings, progressive house group. Um, they've had several singles that have been successful in the dance charts, while some of their singles haven't been as success as successful recently. They still have had uh, some decent success. I think they're in really good shape. Um, they're not a mass. I realistically could have even slid them in the more established groups. Um, and with electronic music in the U.S., it's really tough to define with it. Um, they're, but yeah, I think I they def they have a big following. I think that it wouldn't surprise me if, like, in five ten years, we see Lost Kings like being like for instance one of the bigger names at ultra uh, maybe not headlining in 10 years but still it wouldn't surprise me um next up is young bombs uh first uh they have two singles that charted on um that chart on the dance charts one at 26 one at 31 um off to a solid solid start so far um they're uh they're an edm duo um EDM dance duo. Um, yeah. I'm, um, I mean, we'll, we'll see. I, I think that they're off to a solid start. Um, they've done remixes for some bigger names too. Um, I think they could have a decent following. Um, next up is Wooly, um, rhythm and dubstep DJ. Um, so for, uh, they, a single that hit 46 on the dance chart, also had another single that was on the was on the um dance sales charts um rhythm is always a tough one to predict it feels like um i mean it haven't had been too much success so far um i mean it wouldn't surprise me if he ends up having a decent following um, 
I know he has done some work with Excision, excuse me, which I'm sure could help him out. Um, it wouldn't surprise me too much if he has a following, but I mean, he does also do, um, but it's interesting because he also is like kind of like influenced by the um, dubstep, like the, excuse me, bro step kind of style, but then also he is influenced by like, film music and trance which doesn't necessarily have the same commercial success so um i think he is definitely an artist to watch um i want to surprise i mean i think his last having two singles that have done well will help him but beyond that we'll have to see um next up is arl grime so um uh Trap, Future Bass, uh, Electronic Artist. First album hit 137 on the U.S. charts. Second album hit 140 in the U.S. charts. He's a single that uh, charted at 13 on the dance charts. Um, he's another one that I really think would have been helped uh, by uh, um, by being able to perform festivals. Um, he's one that is definitely growing. Um, definitely is uh, uh, getting a following. Um, I know like a um, Diplo's done work with him, so uh, I could see him being one of the more popular names in electronic music, especially as we see like a the trap electronic style ta- uh, taking off. Um, next up is another trap future bass artist, uh, Son Holo. Um, first album hit twenty in the Heat Seeker chart. Um, a lot of singles that have been successful in dance charts. Um, most most recent one hit 25 in the dance charts he's another one that i think would be one of the more popular uh popular uh, electronic artists in particular with the in the more trap genres or future based genres um i think maybe he's like a couple steps below uh Earl Graham in terms of popularity right now but still he has a following i wouldn't be worried about him um, next up is Lewis the Child, electronic slash future based duo. Um, their first album hit number eight in the Heat Seeker charts. They've had several songs that have done well in the dance charts. Their most recent one was also tied for their highest charting one, which was uh, picked at number 12 in the dance charts. I, I do think that they're another group that will be among the more popular uh, electronic groups. Um, they've done very well so far and uh they're another one that i could see them being a bigger name at like ultra in like five or ten years um next up is rufus du soul they're an interesting one they're like more of an indie dance group um they've gotten grammy nominations i think they won a grammy last year um their third album hit number six in the dance chart they've had on that album they had a multiple like all their singles charted on the dance charts um, in particular, the most recent one charted at 28, big in Australia. Um, I And I think the U.S. is starting to notice them and catch on to them. So I think that's that's really exciting for them. Uh, they're, I don't think they'll be the necessarily the biggest one just because, or like big at one of the, necessarily the biggest groups just because of the style of music. But I could see, if I do see, I expect that they'll have a big following in the U.S. Um, next up um, is uh, 
Yeji. Um, she's a electronic artist, as are all these ones. Um, more on the house slash trap ones. Um, her second extended or yeah, her second extended play charted at number six on the electronic sales charts. She released an album that didn't chart on the electronic sales charts, but charted at twelve in the U.S. world. That was a mixtape. Um, I have no idea with her. Um, but she does one thing that's interesting is that she has vocals that are sung in both English and Korean. I've been wondering if that could play a role, especially with K-pop starting to really explode recently. Um, I think she's another one that really would have been able to benefit from, uh, from a lot of, uh, or from like touring and festivals, but still we'll have to see with her. It wouldn't surprise me if she has some success. It wouldn't surprise me if she doesn't end up reaching the level that I think others artists on this list will. Um, next up is, uh, Camel Fat, um, uh, house duo, um, they've had a bunch of songs that have charted on the dance charts, none this past year, but they had two in 2019, one at 25, one at 23, um, and they've had a few that have been successful over the last few years. I think, I wouldn't be worried about the ones in 2020, I think that, uh, this year, will pro it's probably just like gonna be a wind up being a tougher year for electronic music sales um but yeah they're i think they're gonna i think they'll they'll be a group that does rebound fairly well um after uh things start opening up again and they're able to perform again um next up is blau um spelled three lao but it's pronounced blau um progressive house uh, musician DJ uh, first album hit number 7 on the dance chart and I gotta tell you I've, I've known who he was for a while and I was just figuring that he would I was figuring he would get fairly big and electronic for a while I have I don't know why, how I first heard of him but I think like something like 6 years 5 five years ago 4 years ago somewhere in that range I first I first heard of him and I just figured he's I, f I just felt like he was going to be an artist that gets big the first album hitting seven in the dance charts, I think, helps out his cause. I, especially with progressive houses being big in Europe, I think that will help out his cause. Um, I think he will be successful. Um, next up is Sudden Death. Um, did a single that, um, uh, with Marshmallow that hit 38 in the dance chart. Um, and then also his third album hit eight on the, on the dance album charts. Um, so he's an artist that for a little while, it, I was thinking it wouldn't surprise me if he has success. Um, but then I think once that single with Marshmallow came, then I was like, okay, we'll see how his debut or not debut album, how a solo album does. And it hit number eight on the dance chart. So I think he's in good shape. A lot of publications have him as one of the artists to watch and I'd have to agree with them. I don't know that he'll be massive at any point. Um, cause he's another one that's in the rhythm dubstep kind of genre which is tougher to predict but still i i could see him having success um next up is uh bayon previously known as uh roger sellers which is his actual name um 
His second album under his current name hit eight on the dance charts. Um, I don't see any of his singles being particularly successful because I know he is heavily influenced by ambient music. Um, and those songs don't usually do particularly well in the dance charts for the singles or any charts really. Um, but I think he's one that, uh, he's one that I think will definitely wind up being known for live shows, but I think he will have a following just because he's talented and good at this. So I know I wasn't really specific too much, but this one about the chart success, mainly because I with electronic artists who knows because there are times even where like diplo releases an album and it doesn't chart like recently it's like what so a lot of these i was just giving whether i thought they'd be successful or not with that one um I, that's because i didn't want, want to look totally foolish frankly um let's shift over to uh the more indie electro electro pop um indie pop bedroom pop all those genres so because this one is the long the longest one i have remaining um yeah i definitely have time to do this so first up i have one that i had on this list then they released their third album and didn't chart particularly well so it's kind of up in the air um paris they started out as more of a post-hardcore group then started sh slowly shifting or actually not even slowly started shifting over to more indie kind of sound and electro electro pop sound recently um their second album had hit 41 but then their third album hit 155 they did still have one single on their newest album that did have success in the alternative and rock charts but i think that one thing that played a role was that um one of their members had been kicked out of the band for sexual misconduct two days before the release of the their newest album and frankly Paris isn't a band that's big enough that two days before the album's released, they can tell the record label, hold on a second, let's just bump it back a month or two. Let us re-record everything. Um, they're just not that a big enough band for them to do that. So and they're a band that by the final year, by the final five, six years of Warp Tour was a fixture on, to be, it was a fixture on the main stage at Warp Tour. Um, so especially especially like uh whenever they would come to connecticut they always wind up on the main stage there um they for some reason they just had this big following there which was kind of cool um yeah i think so i don't know whether it was just a case of uh that uh whether it was a case of that causing the um the drop in sales or whether it because they did shift more to electro electro pop out or if it was a case of that um so We'll have to see with that because I have no idea. I'd want to see one more album before it, but it wouldn't surprise me if it in part was a stylistic change. Change. Um, the next one is one that I had on this list because he had not released his debut album yet, which was Oliver Tree. So um, it's kind of like alternative, kind of electro pop, kind of indie, influenced by kind of indie pop, influenced by a few different genres. Um, he had some success with a few singles. Then he released his debut album. I was expecting the debut album to hit top 40. I was not expecting to for it to chart where it did, which was at 14. I knew he had like this cult-like following kind of thing. Um, I didn't know it was as big as it was. So um, 
album chart at 14. Um, however, he has announced that he's retiring from the music industry due to record label issues. However, there are some speculations whether he's going to continue uh, performing under a different name and persona and he's just retiring that name and image. So we'll have to see. It wouldn't surprise me if that's the case. It wouldn't, it wouldn't surprise me if it's a case of, like, for instance, the band Ghost, where, like, every album they have a quote-unquote new singer that's just, um, to pass boards, that's just in a different costume. Um, the next one is another, is a weird one, um, Pine Grove. They, they're, like, kind of alt-country, kind of indie, kind of emo, um, kind of alternative. Um, so they were a group that after I think it was their second album, yeah, it was second album, was looking like great things were going to happen. Then um, the singer of the group faced allegations of sexual misconduct and sexual coercion. So they agreed with the accuser to uh, take a year hiatus. Then they came back. Their next album didn't sell well, but then their fourth album peaked at 176 in the US. They had a single that charted at 34 on the adult alternative charts. They were being booked to do they were booked to do festivals and they have an album set to come out next year. Of course the festivals were cancelled. But one thing to keep in mind though with that is that the band might be slowing down has set mentioned that they might be slowing down activity in the coming years. Um so that's one to keep an eye on when looking at their career. Now, for the remaining ones that don't have ca caveats, um, Girlpool, their third out, they're an indie group that's influenced by a few different genres. Uh, their third album hit 16 on the Heat Secret Charts. I'm excited for them because uh, th this is another group that I've known for a few years. Um, I'm really excited to see that they're having success. I thought I started to have some success. I think that. They're a group that I think would have really benefited nicely from being able to tour this year. Um, I I do think that they will have some success. I could see them. Um, I'm try. I can't really. It's tough for me to come up with a comparison group. Um, maybe having the success kind of like that Warpaint has had, um, which isn't like overwhelming success, but having a big following, um, or like maybe something like First Aid Kit kind of thing. Um, those are the first two groups that come to mind that have like a solid following, but not like a massive following. Like, I don't think that they'll have like the kind of following that like Arctic Monkeys or Heim would have, but I could see maybe like a little bit down from that. I really hope that they do have a big following because they're a really cool group. Um, next up is bedroom pop artist Jay Som. Um, her second album hit 17 on the Heat Secret Charts, third album hit two on the Heat Secret Charts. And I do think we are starting to get a little bit of a rise in bedroom pop music, especially with, uh, um, with the, I think if Coachella had happened this year, we would have had a much bigger rise because there were several that were booked for, uh, Coachella. Um, but I still, I think that her next album will chart in the U S and for, I don't know what her ceiling will be. Cause I just don't know what the ceiling of bedroom pop is. Cause there are other artists that have had more success, um, that I'll, that are still rising that I'll get to shortly. Um, but I don't, I don't know what her ceiling is, honestly. Um, just because I don't know what the ceiling is for the genre. Um, next up is Kevin Morby, an indie artist who's been around for a little while. Um, 
We've been seeing some steady rise. Third album hit 12 on the Heat Secret charts. Fourth album hit 10 on the Heat Secret charts. Fifth album, most recent one, hit number two in the Heat Secret charts even. So that was a nice little jump for him. Um, I could see his next one rising a little bit and maybe even cracking the top 200. Um, I don't know that he'll have a, an album that charts in the top 100, honestly. Um, I think I need to see how successful his next album is. Because there have been times where an artist has had this kind of success and then dropped off, totally dropped off the even the Heat Seeker charts. But then there are other times where they've slowly built their way into the Billboard charts. But I think usually for indie musicians that have had this kind of slow rise, they don't necessarily suddenly have a massive explosion. Um, next up is another bedroom pop artist, um, lo-fi artist also, uh, Claro. Her first album hit number 51 in the U.S. Um, so I think that... I know she was another one that was going to be performing at Coachella. Um, probably would have been really beneficial for her. Um, I could see her being successful... Uh, her having continued success. Um, I think she might be one of the bigger ones in the U.S. Uh, bedroom pop scene, ultimately. Um and if anyone were to have an album that charts in the top 10 in the bedroom pop scene, I'm guessing it will be more than likely her. It could be another one that I'm going to mention in a, I'm going to mention in a few artists, but I would think if I just put money on it, I'm not a gambling man, but if I had to, I would put money on her. Um, she also did have feature on a single that charted at 112 or that charted at 12 in the bubbling under charts, which is effectively charting at 112 in the U S um, I, um, and that one, it conveniently is, was actually a single that was by the next group that we're mentioning, Wallows. Um, so they're indie, kind of post-punk, kind of sound, influenced sound. Um, kind of remind me a bit of, like, early Arctic Monkeys, if you were to give them more of a vibe of, like, uh, the slacker rock kind of sound of Pavement. Um, their first album hit uh, 75 in the U.S. Um, they performed at Coachella last year in 2019 and had a decent following there. Um, I haven't, I don't know how big they'll be, but there are some like post-punk indie artists who have slowly r risen and they just have this bigger following. And immediately, I think that uh, they were successful with their first tour also, which definitely helped uh, our first headline tour, which helped. So, um, it wouldn't surprise me if they end up having some albums in the top 20, though, in like four albums or so. Um, next up, indie pop group Half Alive. Um, their first album on the alternative album charts hit 15. They also had a 2018 single that hit seven on the alternative charts and a 2019 single that hit 29. So they have some following there. Um, so get some alternative attention uh, some alternative air probably here and there um, it's really I mean it's tough to tell though when you have one single that's bigger than one your next single or your next most popular single is still a bit of a drop um, and that one came afterwards because um, I fear that it might wind up being something um um Oh, geez, I can't even think of the name of the band. This is good. Um, Milky Chance. 
um, something like Milky Chance, who uh, was most known for uh, their song Stolen Dance, um, was a massive success in the U.S. Um, and actually worldwide. Um, in the U.S. it charted at 29, really big in Europe, uh, and number one in France and Belgium, uh, two in Germany, uh, um, also number two in Australia. Um, Netherlands, uh, three in New Zealand. Oh, also number one in Switzerland. Um, but yeah, big hit worldwide. And then, um, their next most popular single, probably Cocoon, which didn't have anywhere near as much success. So, um, and then, so yeah, I don't know how, I mean, they still have had some success in Germany with their newest album, but the worldwide success hasn't been as prevalent. So I fear for them that that might be a case of that. But still, it is possible that, I mean, all it takes sometimes is one more hit that's, one more song that ends up being a hit. Uh, next up is King Princess. Um, first album hit number eight in the Heat Seeker charts. Her debut single was pretty big hit worldwide. Uh, it had a bunch of radio airplay in 2018. She hasn't had any success since then, so I'm a little bit skeptical, but she could be an artist that winds up having a bunch of success with albums instead. Um, I'm not holding my breath, though, with that, to tell you the truth, though. Um, next up is another bedroom pop artist, uh, Kuko. Uh, I know I mentioned if uh, anyone hit top or to hit top 10 with a bedroom pop album, I would have guessed it would be Claro. Kuko is my second guess. Um, his first album hit number 94 in the U.S. He's had a lot of success from streaming. Um, he was another one that was supposed to, that was scheduled to um, be uh, performing at Coachella. There have been a, he was booked for some different festivals this year. I think he's already been booked for a couple next, uh, next year if they happen also. So expect him to continue to rise and, don't be surprised if we wind up hearing his name a bunch over the next, <coughs> excuse me, over the next several years. Um, let's see. Next up is an indie pop bedroom pop artist, a uh, Cave Town. So, um, for uh, his for uh his. Um, fourth album hit 12 in the Heat Seeker chart. A lot of success with uh, streaming at YouTube. Um, so earlier this month, though, one thing that might wind up uh, being uh, playing a negative impact was uh, the fact that there were some anti-Semitic, racist, and transphobic comics that ca comments that came out. Um, so I'm not sure how that will play a part. Um, so we'll have to keep an eye on that, but there are artists who have still been able to recover from, uh, different things of that nature. Um, so we'll have to see. Um, next up is Cigarettes After Sex. So first album didn't chart in the U.S., hit eight on the Heat Seeker charts, but their second album, Hit 152 in the U.S. Um, they're more of a dream pop kind of style music. Um, a lot of dream pop music doesn't 
or artists don't really have a ton of singles that are successful in the U.S. Um, but still, I could see them having a decent following. I could see them hitting top 100. Um, but Dream Pop's interesting because there aren't usually a ton of massive Dream Pop bands. So we'll have to see if they get any bigger than that. Um, next up is always... Um, First album hit 12 on the Heat Seeker chart. Second album hit 82 on the US. Um, I'm excited for them because I know um, I heard a couple songs in their debut album. I'm like, they're good. Um, they're an indie pop group. I'm, again, I'm excited for them. I could see them having a solid following. And especially at like festivals like Coachella, Governor's Ball, um, those kind of festivals. Next up, uh, Stella Donnelly. So um, her first album hit uh, hit 15 in Australia um, and 16 in the Heat Seeker charts. I know I haven't been talking about like Australian success, but I did just want to mention that one. Just so that she's bigger in Australia. Um, indie pop artists in particular, she's influenced uh, one, a couple big influence of hers are Billy Bragg and Courtney Barnett. Um which are definitely more on the indie side of stuff, but she does have indie influences too. Um, since Courtney Barnett in particular has had such a big following in the U.S., I could see her having a decent following and growing and following. Um, I don't know what her ceiling would be. Um, it's so tough with <laughs> with just one album, um, especially when there haven't been a when she hasn't had a ton of uh, singles that have had a lot of success. Um, so I, so we'll, we'll have to see what that one, cause I'm not really sure. Um, next up is Japanese Breakfast, um, indie pop, experimental pop group. Second album hit number nine on the Heat Seeker charts. I don't see them really having any singles that are successful just because of Um, just because of a the style of music, um, and she hasn't really released an album. I think I accidentally said it was a group. It's and a uh, solo singer. Um, but yeah, I think that her uh, or musician, but she hasn't really released anything in a few years or any albums in a few years. But I'm just not sure how just how big she can be with the style of music but still I think that she can have um excuse me I think she can have um uh I think she has a following um I think that she can have a bigger following especially again with the, like similar to some of the artists I mentioned before with the the kind of like festivals like Coachella um governor's ball she'll definitely have following at those if nothing else it wouldn't it wouldn't surprise me i don't think she'll have like the kind of following of like a tame impala like thing but maybe like the size of like an, a non-mortal orchestra um next up is declan mcclana um first album hit seven in the heat seeker charts second album hit um number nine on the heat secret charts um and 
with uh, his newest album. He had a single that hit 24 on the alter on the alternative charts, and uh, another single that hit 16 previously on the alternative charts. Also had some success on the adult alternative charts and the rock charts. Um, I, I mean, with the so I do get kind of a little bit nervous with the the fact that there was a little bit of a dip in the sales for the charting for both the album and the single in particular. Um, because I think that uh, I and especially the fact that there um there was both of them, I'm not as promised. Um, admittedly. He did release the single, the last album during COVID, though it was actually earlier this month. So we'll have to we'll have to see from there. It wouldn't surprise me if he rebounds and has some more success with the next one. But I also think we might need to see him having um, another album that's uh, or another single that has success. Um, next up is Christina the Queens, um, much bigger in Europe. Uh, in particular, she's uh, pretty big in the UK. Um, so her uh, first, by her first album hit seven. Um, and like also France, because uh, she is French. I don't know why I was thinking she's British at first. Nope, she's French. Um, <laughs> excuse me. Um, her. First album hit seven in the Heat Seeker charts in the U.S. Second album hit number one in the Heat Seeker charts. Um, she hasn't had any a lot of singles that have had success in the U.S. She's had a bunch over the her first album had a bunch that were a, a few singles that were big in France and in Europe, but um, the second album not as much success, but still had some. Um, excuse me again. Um, she still has that success. She's a, she's achieved a lot of critical success. Um, I mean, with the synth pop, she's more synth pop art pop kind of genre, which doesn't necessarily lend to a ton of success or doesn't necessarily lend itself to guaranteed success in the U.S. Just because, especially with more art pop sound, that doesn't necessarily bolt itself into the category of a ton of success but still um it one thing to keep in mind with more art pop sound it did take saint vincent a few years before she had a lot of success so um took her a few albums before she had the success she's had so i she is rising i don't know what her ceiling is but i think christine the queens will find you a success at least some u.s success in terms of album sales um Next up is Young Fathers. They're a blend of a few genres, um, in particular, blend of Indietronica and Neo Soul. Um, their third album, the most recent one, hit 14 in the Heat Secret charts. They're bigger in Europe, but um, I, I think with being the Indietronica style and like, I think that that kind of lent itself to, um, to having success at jam festivals as well as electronic festivals, but. And like also like kind of like certain um, like 
the and then also the festivals I mentioned, like Governor's Ball, Coachella. But still, Indie Tronica is tough to necessarily predict just how successful some will be because a lot of Indie Tronica artists don't have a ton of success commercially. I know there's exceptions, um, but still, they don't necessarily have a ton of commercial success. So, um, tougher to predict. I I think they could have been benefit could have benefited from being able to tour though. Um, it wouldn't surprise me if they have an album that charts in the top two hundred. It also wouldn't surprise me if this third album that hit fourteen in the Heat Secret charts was just a blip. Um, next one is Carol Carol Bonita. Um, second album hit number one in the Heat Secret charts. Um, my view of it is. Makes sense to figure that their uh, next album will end up uh, will end up charting in the or end up charting in the top two hundred. A uh, blend of indie pop, uh, electro pop, dance rock. Um, their style lends themselves to chart. So um, then since then they did also release an EP that didn't chart. So that's worth watching, but not too worried considering it's an EP and usually those don't do as well as albums do. Um, I could see them having sustainable success. It wouldn't surprise me if they wind up with a couple top 40 albums. Um, I don't think that they'll be the most popular dance rock group at any point, but I think they will have success. Um, next up is Super Organism, another D-pop group. Um, their first album hit number four in the Heat Seeker charts, and they had a single that charted at 29 on the alternative charts. Um, tough to predict for them. Um, but I could see them, uh, I could see them having some continued success. Um, I think they're, again, they're another group that would have really benefited from, uh, being able to tour. Um, but one album is really tough to predict, but I think if they have another, single that does well in the alternative charts, they could have an album that charts in the top 200. Um, next up is Pale Waves, another indie pop group. Their first album hit number one in the Heat Seeker charts. They're a lot bigger in Europe, especially in the UK. Um, I I figure that their next album will be a top 150 album uh, in the top 150. Um, and it wouldn't surprise me if they peak in the top 50, maybe even top 30. Um, I don't know if they would get to top 20, but it's possible. Um, it's just tough to predict early in their career. Um, next up is uh, Amy Shark. Um, another indie pop musician. Um, her um, her first album her first album ended up hitting uh Number two on the Heat Seeker charts. Um, it also wound up being a massive success in some other countries, especially in particular Australia, where it hit number one. Um, for singles, she's had a few singles that have charted well. Her most recent one charted at 28 on the adult alternative charts. Um, she's had some some more success with singles in Australia. Um, but it's worth noting that, uh, her, while her 
de- or the single from first single from her debut EP chart number three, and the first single from her debut album chart at, tw- at number six. Um, her newest single, which isn't or this is all in Australia by the way. Um, her newest single, which she hasn't announced what it will be released on, if it will be released on anything. Her newest single charted at number thirty one in Australia, which is a little bit of a dip compared to the other ones. So we'll see if that's just a weird thing or anything. Um she did also feature on a chain smoker song. Now Chain Smoker song didn't wind up uh um didn't wind up uh having a or didn't wind up having success in the US. Um but still um I think she could be successful. Um I bet her next album will chart in the top 100 even, not even just the top 200. I think it'll be uh like in the 80s or 90s, but for her ceiling, I think we I need to see how uh the singles on her next album do. Um next up is Elohim Andy pop artist um her first album hit 16 of the dance charts um she is uh um um her uh her is kind of more electronic influence like kind of electro pop kind of synth pop also um She's had a few songs that chart on the dance charts. Um, none have charted recently, though, so I think that's something to keep an eye on. Um, and then her, she recently released an EP last year. Um, it was independently released, so uh, that's also. Uh, um, so it didn't. It didn't chart, but it was independently released uh, rather than being released on record label. Um, so that's I wouldn't be too worried about that. Um, I think she could have success. i just a little bit nervous based on the fact that none of the recent singles have charted. So I, I'm not sure where her next album will chart. It wouldn't surprise me if there is a little bit of a dip. Um, unless she has another single that ends up charting well. Um Next up is Natalie Press. Um, she's indie indie pop um, sound. Um, her first album charted at six in the Heat Seeker charts. Second album charted at ten in the Heat Seeker charts. So there was a little bit of a dip there. Um, then uh, the debut sing or the the first lead single on her first or on the newest album wound up charting at thirty two on the Adult Alternative charts. Um, I'm not. I'm not sure how this won't go. I mean, I, she did change record labels, which could. Then she switched from Space Bomb, which is an independent record label, to ATO, which is another independent record labels. Um, I think that that one though is a little bit of a. Is was a little bit of a blip though. Um, the fact that it was a little bit of a dip. Um. So I'm not too worried for that one. I think the fact that the single had success 
also does help out. A single hide success helps out her cause. Um, next up is Amen Dunes. Their fourth album hit 18 on the Heat Seeker charts. Fifth album hit 7 on the Heat Seeker charts. They really come charging recently. So I, but I, I think that there will be some success for them. Um, nothing else. I think that they'll have a couple albums that chart in the top 200. I don't know what their ceiling would be. I need to see one or two more albums before I predict that. Um, next up is Low Moon Indie Pop Group. Um, their first album hit number four on the Heat Seeker charts. They had two songs that hit on the Adult Alternative charts. One at number six, one at 26. Um, they're off to a good start. Um, I need to see. I tough to predict what their ceiling is, but it wouldn't surprise me if if they have at least one more single that if they have one single that has at least the same kind of success that the singles on this uh, the first album had, then they'll be in good shape to improve a little bit. If they don't, then dot dot dot. Um, finally, Jade Bird, um, indie artist, also kind of Americana. Uh, <clears throat> excuse me. Uh, her debut album hit number one on the Heat Seeker charts. She also had multiple singles that chart on the alternative adult alternative charts. Um, in particular, she had number one single from that chart. She also had a number three and a number 12 single. I think she's off to a good start. I think she'll have success. Um, I could see her. I can't think of an artist that I would compare her to. Um, I had one, but I can't think of which artist it was. Um, that like one artist that like has consistently been in the 40s or 50s for her albums. It wouldn't surprise me if she ends up being at least that. It also wouldn't surprise me if she winds up uh, having some albums that chart in the top 20 even. Um, so even though I have two more genres that I was hoping to get to, I'm not going to do them tonight. Um, partially because even though they're quicker, um, I still have, I just, this has been a long episode and it's gone on for a while. And also my voice is just going, as you can probably tell. Um so thank you guys for listening to this one. I hope you guys enjoyed it. Um, so for upcoming episodes, I'm going to get through the last two genres, which are a lot quicker. It's the rock and alternative ones and then the R&B ones. Um, and then also not long after that, you'll get see another episode and that one will be my Grammy predictions. So I've been working on those. I'm done with album of the year. I'm done with uh, best new artist. I'm almost done with record of the year and I'm working on song of the year. So I'll be ready to share those predictions soon since I want to make sure I get those out well, uh, well before they announce them because last year I faltered and didn't have my predictions done before they announced the nominees. So keep an eye out for those. Those will be coming soon. And also, um, Actually, since it's officially uh, the 25th, it might be out soon. Um, I since I, I pre-ordered a couple albums that were that are scheduled to come out uh, on the 25th. Since it's uh, at the time of this moment of recording, it's 12:01 on the 25th. So I pr had pre-ordered an album uh, by Sufjan Stevens and an album by Deftones. Both of them had albums coming out today. So I'll be getting the digital. I'll be getting emailed the digital versions of them hopefully today. And then um, I'll probably be getting, um, and then I'm going to be getting the, because I ordered uh, records for them. I'm probably going to be getting the physical copy of those soon. So I've been hearing good things about both. So I'm, or the critics were 
raving about both so far, so I'm really looking forward to listening to those. I'll probably review those at some point. So those are just some things that you can look out for. Um, again, thank you guys so much for listening. If you haven't already, make sure you like Groupie and Harmony on Facebook. I'll talk to you guys next time, and it will be sooner. It'll be sooner than it was last time. It could even be in the next few days. Anyways, I'll talk to you next time. Bye.